Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. The following interview is designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. Your host, Derek Champagne, is the founder and CEO of The Artist Evolution, a full-service agency building successful brands, marketing tools, and campaigns, and also the author of the best-selling book, Don't Buy a Duck. And now, let's begin today's Leadership Series interview. Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where our goal is to inspire you to become the best leader that you can be. Today, I have Lisa Bindero on the show with us. She's the founder and CEO of Nice Pipes. She's been featured on Shark Tank and so many other features that she's had. Lisa, welcome to the program today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I love your journey. I love the entrepreneurial journey, especially when when things happen the way they have for you. And so let's kind of go back to the beginning. I know you've told your story so many times, but take us back. You've got this awesome company and, and I love some things that you've done along the way that we'll get into, but take me back as to your inspiration, your background, and then how you started the company that you have today. Yeah, sure. So I actually started my, you know, my first job out of college was working in production um, and working, I was interested in working in production. I worked for Miramax and then I worked for a director. So I sort of learned the mentality of like get, how to get things done no matter what there. Um, And I did that for about four or five years and I kind of just got burnt out as anyone who works in film, uh, you know, anyone who has worked in film in the past would understand. Um, And I started taking yoga classes at the local yoga studio in Santa Monica in California. And I really fell in love with yoga and found it to be a great outlet. And when I decided to change careers, I took a part-time job at the yoga studio just to hold me over until I figured out what was next. Hmm. Um, I was in my mid-20s. And I just loved being there. And a job opened up in operations in the corporate office because it was a bigger yoga company. It wasn't like a one-off studio. Um, and that company was called yoga works and I ended up working for for yoga works for about seven or eight years, um, in operations. And also I did my teacher certification. Very cool. So, so from there, tell me a little bit about your journey. Are you in New York today? Is that correct? Yeah, I'm in New York today. I lived out in California for about seven or eight years. And then I moved here to work for yoga works. I was, uh, took over job as teacher director managing our staff and all of our programming for the Northeast. Very cool. How, how do you, what, how do you like uh, New York over California? Um, you know, I miss California so much. I'm so, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually from Atlanta originally. I hear your Southern accent. I don't know where you're from. <laughs> yes. I, I'll be Atlanta next month. Oh, uh, really? I'm in Northwest Arkansas now. So. Okay. So I loved living in Santa Monica. I miss it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, New York, you know, the weather just turned and the weather got better and it, it, everyone in the city is like becomes nicer. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful, amazing city. It's such a cool place to li- live. It's just that it's very intense. It's very intense. Yes, it is. And, and and if you were in the in the film industry, my my wife was in in California. That's where I met her. And I was in the music industry, and that, oh, cool. that lifestyle at some point was was rather exhausting. <laughs> totally, and, totally. And, and so I understand that the uh, search for for yoga as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and that was so cool because I worked for a yoga company in Southern California. And listen, it was stressful. All, all jobs have elements of stress, but it was. 
a great um, opportunity to dive into the wellness world in a more business focused way and not because sometimes in the wellness world, you can find yourself like floating out into space a little too much. <laughs> um, so it was really cool. And I learned a lot working in operations there. And it was a really nice education for me after kind of working my butt off in production. Right. So, so tell me about, so when, when was a moment where you had an idea uh, that, that propelled the business you have today? So when I moved to New York, I was running around to all the studios I was teaching and I was also recruiting teachers for our teaching staff hmm. and all of my apparel, like activewear, which is now like a huge, you know, a huge, uh, industry activewear, like Lululemon, this was, you know, back, this was before Lululemon. I was running around the city in like cropped yoga pants and tank tops. Cause I had all my clothes from Santa Monica and I was freezing <laughs> cold all the time. And then like the snow had started and I kind of didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to go and buy all new long pants. So I I went on search for leg warmers and all I could find were acrylic knit, like sweater material, old school leg warmers that weren't updated. Like all the other activewear was starting to become. I mean, there's been such amazing uh, fabric improvements and it just hadn't been applied to this accessory. So I made a pair for personal use for me to wear to and from the studios and other teachers and students all just wanted their own pair of pipes. And that's how nice pipes started. And the first year I only made like, I went, I mean, when you live in New York city, you're lucky you have access to so much, um, manufacturing and, and, and like, there's so much, there's such a huge possibility to create whatever you want to create because there's so much, you know, there's so many resources here. You've got manufacturing resources yeah. at your fingertips at pretty our fingertips. readily. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like I was in the middle of nowhere. So I like right. went, went to the garment center, bought the fabric and had like a thousand pairs made and literally just started selling them out of my apartment. And that's how I started Nice Pipes. That's so cool. So, yeah. so I always like to ask for businesses like yours, but when... When did you realize, when was that aha moment of, I think I'm onto something bigger here. This is not just supplemental. This is more than just people liking my style or something I came up with. This is something that's pretty legit that I need to pursue on a bigger level. So I was um, a friend of mine who helped me through the process of how to create a sample and and what like different stitching is. She has a beautiful bra company called Top Secret Society. And she kind of walked me, held my hand and walked me through the, the, uh, production process of creating clothes and she knew the buyer equinox so she connected me to them and you know it's so competitive she was like listen i'm gonna connect you but like they'll probably just let you do trunk shows if that like don't get excited but you know you never know you never know and i emailed them and they loved it and they picked it up for 13 stores and it was literally my husband and i like boxing them in my kitchen and then he drove me around (laughs) to each like location in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. And I would drop them off. They thought I was like the courier and I was like <laughs> fully like the, the, like you know, the one and only employee besides my husband who was like <laughs> helping me and dropping off these boxes of leg warmers. That's all. My wife's been dragged into some of my, my yeah. enthusiastically most of the time. And I couldn't have done it, done it without her, but we've, I, I can think back to some days of making deliveries for some things. So, so that's really cool. So you, you started doing that and then how, how did it keep going from there? So then from there, I realized like, wow, this could be a real business. And I, um, we built a website and started selling online and I started doing trunk shows just at every yoga studio or gym that would take me. I started doing trunk shows all around the city 
And um, my family actually now lives on uh, in Philadelphia, so I did some there. And um, my friends who had moved out to the suburbs, I did it in their suburb. You know, anywhere I could go, I would go. And for me, you know, it felt very organic because yeah. I had been in the fitness industry for eight years. So like I knew so many teachers I could give product to and they were like happy to wear it and happy to help me promote it. And, mm. you know, in the age of social media, like that made a big difference. Right. Um, and it was, it was, it was all from my own community and my own connections and people, and honestly wearing the product and people loving the product. It just, mm. I, and I never in a million years planned to like grow some massive business. It was just like, okay, how, like every day was like, how can we get more of these out there? How do we get people out? Oh, and uh, also like um, conferences and trade shows and things like that. So that was like the other piece of it. So I, that's, that's so cool. And you know what I love about this too is sometimes I'll go back and I'm going to ask you the same thing, but I like to ask, uh, ask business owners and entrepreneurs along their journey, what, what, they're, what are they most proud of in those early days? So I'll ask you that first. What, tell me, what, what did you enjoy the most during those times? Before um, you scaled and were growing, what did you enjoy back then? You know, it's, it's funny. It's actually the same thing I enjoy now. What's really interesting about the product is that like it doesn't always translate when you just see it on like lying there. You don't get it right away. Okay. And then when people put them on, so when I would sell them at like Yoga Journal Conference in New York or San Francisco, you know, there's these big Yoga Journal conferences, and I would be wearing one on one leg and then not on the other leg, so you could see my cropped pants where that was open from like you know my shin to my shoe. Okay. And people would touch the fabric and look at me and have this like aha moment of like, oh my God, this is going to solve all my problems when I, (laughs) when I do X, when I go running, when I cycle, when I go to yoga, like whatever the physical activity was, you know, and same with our arm warmers. Like when I'm hiking, the, when I, you know, when I do this and that moment when people understand the product in a way, like as a problem solver for them. To me, that's the best moment, and it's still, and I still feel that way. That's so cool. So, are, so you stay, you stay heavily involved in in the process along the way. Are you still doing trunk shows? Not as much. Like now, it's become a function of how can we make that moment happen online. Right. So we're constantly creating like all these different videos and like how to use your pipes and getting um, creating content for social media. People like doing different stuff in their pipes because. You know, that's really how we connect to a mass audience. Yeah. We, we still do some events, but not as many. What, what do you say to those that, I mean, I've heard, I know I know in your industry, trunk shows are important. Uh, but what do you say to those, I, when you start talking about hustling, going from, you didn't say you were hustling, but from going from place to place and yeah. anywhere you could, I mean, that's what it is. And, and, and what do you say to those that say, you know, that, that style of, of outreach is worn out or it's overused? How important was that for you to even get your products seen and, and tried? I think it's so important more because of the feedback that you get, right? Like you have to be the type of person who likes talking to people. I think that the, the tough thing with social media is that you're always trying, like you can see how many likes it gets. Yes. But, or like people comment. Yes. But that's not the same thing. Um, my father-in-law always, like he always, uh, talks about how crazy it is that people buy things online without touching them or seeing them, especially like furniture. He's like, I just don't get how people are just buying everything online. He's still right. old school and he buys everything in the shop and that's because he wants to touch it. He wants to feel it. He wants to understand the product. And yeah. that's that customer experience. You can only get that through a conference or a trade show or a trunk show. Um, and you, and you only really get to know 
your, your wins and your potential losses by doing that. Right. You want to be careful not to lose touch with that of your, of your, of your, basically your outreach that you're in some of your research. That, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about how powerful then has social media and video, the video component been for you though, and your ability to scale as far as reaching bigger audiences that can't physically touch it. I think it's, it's been very helpful. I think it's very challenging. Uh, I think for me, it comes much more naturally to sell in person and to talk to customers in person than it does to try to like break through all the noise. I mean, the reality is, is that social media is so saturated right now that you're like constantly trying to break through the noise and, and you don't know when the connection's made. Like for me in my experience, like at least at the trunk shows, like when the connection was made, it was like, you felt really good. I felt really good after like, Oh, this person loves the product. They're so excited. They bought three pairs and a pair for a friend. And like, I know they're going to have this great experience with it. Mm. Whereas now with social media, like you're kind of just putting yourself out there and you hope that your, your orders go up. But there's so many, when people buy online now, they are, they, there's so many touch points before they buy, before they buy, right. You know, they see it on, they see it in Instagram and then they see it in a Facebook ad and then their friend has it. And then it's in a blog and then they buy. So like you don't really know what sent them there, so it's it's just it's harder to measure, I guess. Yeah, that's a great point, and and something very organic and, and at the simplest level. And I have the same thing as a, as a founder and CEO of my company, is is uh, whenever I interact with a customer for our type of sale, I know they get it. They get my story. They get the they get the whole thing. And and I sometimes we've scaled a little slower than we've liked, but even even in our scale model, I sometimes get concerned about. Uh, them not getting the whole idea of the brand and how do we not lose that uh, as we scale out and not water down the product through all those touch points because that's a part of our story and and even bigger than that it's one of the more satisfying selfishly parts for me as a founder that they get that whole experience totally and that they have a good experience like you know when we were on when we've had like massive exposure we have a lot of sales and I'm very proud to say that our return is our returns are like 2%. I mean, it's like something crazy, but it's, it's always because the person didn't understand the product. That's always why it's never because they don't, (laughs) didn't like it. It's always because they're like, I thought it was something else. And I think like, I don't know. I just, I, I have said it to many friends and I'll say it here. Like I would be so happy living. Like if I was in the time of living in a small town and having a small shop on main street and selling, nice pipes there rather than this, you know, in order to survive as a business, you you know, this like need for, for massive growth just to survive. Right. And, and so many, most of our businesses have gotten that way. Mine definitely is. It's either we grow or we shrink and we always in that hustle mode of of growth. And and I, I enjoy some of that, but something that stood out to me that I've have underlined here in our research, which I thought was really cool. And I want to touch on for a minute. You talked at one point about, about your father-in-law having his dental practice and carving out a good niche, a thriving business and life's Mm -hmm. great and support his family. And and where's his hashtag of of hashtag mom and pop shop. And tell me a little bit about that because that that stood out to me why why isn't it enough anymore for us to carve out a good niche for our family and just be satisfied and enjoy that i'm i'm the same way but but just touch on that a little bit more for me well i've experienced it so much living in new york city and working at a WeWork, which i don't know if you're familiar with WeWork, but it's like um yeah so co-working spaces and 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 all these companies being bought at all these crazy valuations (laughs) and like there's so and like female, hashtag female founder. And then there's all these like networking events and 
it's just, it's, it's, it's very intense. And for me, it's more than I, it's more than I want for me because for me, I want balance and I, I don't, and and that doesn't mean that, that, that it doesn't work for other people. Other people get energized by those Mm. types of things. I get depleted. Like I'm, I'm very much an introvert and I prefer to be, um, interacting with people one-on-one, you know, at at a conference, I'm still interacting with customers one on one, but but I think I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why they're. I think because actually, it's bec- a lot of it is because of social media and how everybody knows everything that's going on with you all the time or that's going on with your business all the time. Right. And it's just caused everything to have to be on a much grander scale. Like people are really interested in seeing on Facebook all the things that are happening with your company, which means that there ha- means that there has to be constantly be things happening with your company right? That, for you to, po- for you to post about, you know? Well, yeah. And, and, and obviously I'm doing this podcast because I'm, I love thought leadership and I'm hungry to learn from people like you, but so we, we, we build marketing campaigns for companies and we always have a big thought leadership category for them because they have to just keep generating content as <laughs> much as I can so that they stay interesting and stay top of mind and stay the expert. And it right. is a, once in a while, it would be nice to take a deep breath and say, you know what? I've, and look around and say, who, who, what, who am I doing all of this for? And yep. how satisfied am I? What balance do I have? And so I yeah. love that you brought that out. It was really cool. I've got it all underlined here. And it's, and again, I, I love learning from experts like you. So tell me while we're on that category, how do you find balance? You, you talk as a, as a yoga teacher and as a student, you, you talk about finding balance and that's what kind of one of your missions if you, if you practice that. So how do you do that? I think, um, it's finding ways. Well, I think there are, there are two different ways. One is actually like knowing when to shut down and knowing, giving yourself permission to say like, I'm not going to go to this event and I'm going to go home and like cook myself dinner and, and, and read a book or watch TV or take a bath or do whatever it is you need to do. And not like make yourself feel that every event or every meeting or every lunch is going to be the answer, you know, like is going to catapult you into success, like kind of giving yourself a break and knowing yeah. that like it's, it's just as important that you take care of yourself as it is to take care of your business. But I, I also have found that it's a matter of figuring out which which activities are surrounding your business you actually enjoy. So like, that's what's so interesting about to me about podcasts. Like I hate going to an, a networking event, but I love doing podcasts because it's yeah. an intimate conversation between me and you. Right. And I don't feel depleted after our interview because I'm having a really great conversation with you. Yes. Right. A lot of people will hear it afterwards and that's great. And then you touch a lot of people and you connect with a lot of people. But I, I don't, I feel like finding those things and finding a way to use what works for you to work for the business, you know, some days that means that's like me working from home. Like I just need that, you know? And I think if you can find those and you can incorporate those into your routine, then you don't feel like, Oh my God, where's my balance? Because it's just, it's, it's already part of, it's already incorporated into your habits. That's, that's really great advice. I appreciate that. I think a lot of us have that, that, that F the FOMO, the fear of missing. Yes. Yeah. And social media does not help. No. So a couple of questions. One is what's your balance with, with, with your technology? Are you able to just shut it down so that you don't have that fear of missing out and you don't have to keep up with, with everybody and everything is going on or what, what do you do or how do you tell someone that's overplugged in? 
what do they need to do or what steps should they take? Um, you know, I think it's hard. Like I, I, one of the things I realized early on is like, I hate doing the social media. I hired someone to do it for nice pipes because I didn't want to do it. And that took a lot of stress off me. You know, when I started, I was doing all the Instagramming and I just like, it was like every day I was like, Oh, I have to post again. And now, you know, and I, I also know that I probably should do it more for myself because people do look at my account also. But I honestly, like, I just, what's my advice? Like, if you don't like it and you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Right. Either find someone else to do it for your business or if you can. And there's, there, people are ready, willing, and able to help you with social media. There's, you know, you can hire a college student who wants to learn about business and you can teach them about what you're doing and in exchange have them help you with posting, right. you know, because to them it's like second nature. Right. Um, so I think if, I think my advice is if you don't like it, don't do it. But if you enjoy it and you and you like it, then like I said before, like if that doesn't like feel like it sucks energy from you, then take advantage of that and maximize that. Mm. So that thank you so much. Great advice. So we're, we're going to talk about Shark Tank for just a minute. Uh, but, <laughs> but you were on Shark Tank and and, yes. and you got an offer. First of all, that you got a call back and that you went through the whole process. And we've interviewed many people that have talked to us in detail about the process and how hard it is to get on and, and how much time you spend preparing and practicing. So we don't have to go into all that because uh, I know that you did the same thing. But but then you got an offer from Barbara. And that's that's amazing. That's And, and then you said no. And I and that story is so cool to me. And, and even the reason, take me through, I mean, share anything you want about your experience, but I really want to hear as the decision you made at that time. And it kind of goes along with your whole philosophy on how you're, you're living your life and, and you're building your company around what works for you. Yeah, so I, so many, so I never had watched the show. So a lot of friends and family had said to me and customers and people and stu- you know teachers like, oh, you should go on Shark Tank. And in a day, like an afternoon, I was procrastinating and went online and, and submitted an application. <laughs> and then, like, I like, didn't want to answer emails, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do the Shark Tank application right. instead. <laughs> so I, and then, like, each step of the way, and as you said, you know, it's a long process. I was like, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen. Even, like, the day we shot it, I was like, this is never, <laughs> this is never going to air, you know? <laughs> And, but in my mind at that point in my business, I was like, wow, wouldn't it be so cool to have a mentor like Lori or Barbara? I mean, that's really who I wanted to work with to say like, what do I do next? I have this business. I don't have a business background. I have an operations background, but I don't know how to scale it. Hmm. And I, I I don't even know how to begin to do that. So how cool would it be to work with them and have, and I, I thought maybe it would take the pressure off me a little just to not be the one in charge all the time. That's yeah. kind of what I thought was going to be like this amazing saving grace was to have one of them come in and help me figure out what to do next so that I didn't feel so like, what am I doing? Sure. Um, and I was totally getting caught up in this like growth and we need to keep getting bigger. We need to sell more. We need to keep growing. Right. And then when I go and then when I went and did when I went and did it and I did my pitch and the thing that I was most fearful of is that like I wouldn't be able to to perform that day like I had hmm. such self doubt and I was so scared that I was going to crumble under the pressure wow. you know like I just really was like petrified petrified and 
Um, like I said, I'm not an extroverted person. I never teaching yoga, every class I ever taught, I was always nervous. So like hmm. I, I was, I really was pretty freaked out. And then when I went out there and I like did my pitch, stuck my pitch. I stood up for myself and in the process of like defending myself and defending my business, I started to like believe what I was saying. And I really believed in myself. I almost like convinced myself better than I convinced them. <laughs> and what I realized was like the, like this was not gonna, what I really needed was that what I really needed was to believe in myself and to trust that I knew what was best for my business. And that by giving Barbara 40%, I was just going to go kind of take a back seat and end up working for her. Right. And what was the point of that when I just proved to myself that like I I've turned myself into a leader. I've turned myself into a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was an amazing experience. I walked out of there. I said to my producer like who is the the, the producers are the, some of the nicest people ever and they're totally rooting for you. Mm-hmm. I said to her, like, I will never, I will wake up and I will look at myself differently forever wow. because I was able to get through that. And like, that's what I got from it. The, 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 the money and the giving away the equity, like all of that became so unimportant to me so quickly. Hmm. That's amazing. So, I mean, that, that was actually a big moment for you personally, that, yes. that transformation. I talked to one other person that said it was a transformation for them in their life when they came out of that. That's, that's that's really huge. So, I mean, I'm sure, what kind of fallout did you have or what kind of, what kind of shark tank effect did you have coming out when it did air? Yeah. So I shot it last summer and I like left. I like my, my husband was like waiting in a car for me out the lot. <laughs> and I, you know, he was like, he said, like, he said like the show should really be that they follow the, like the husband around because he was like <laughs> having a panic attack that I was like, oh. you know, cause we like, you don't, we didn't, you know, he couldn't talk to me and I was gone for like seven hours. Right. And I came out and I said to him, he's like, how'd you do? And I said, you know, I'm just, I'm really proud of how I did. I don't know how they're going to cut it. I don't know how they're going to show it, but I'm really proud of how I did it. And we both like started crying wow. and then we like went out and celebrated. And then mm. like all these months went by and I kind of just, didn't even think about it. You know, like I was like, well, maybe it'll air, maybe it won't air. So then finally, you know, that was in June. So in December, I get an email saying it'll air in January. Wow. And I had done a, made a whole list of, um, you know, here are the levers that I have to pull when I, once I get an air date list. Right. And I had everything ready to go. I'm a very organized, detail-oriented person. I had everything ready to go. I like hit go. I hit the, like the red button. And we got hundreds of thousands of visitors to the website. <laughs> so many order, like, you know, our orders were like, like b- up, up 10 times in January wow. compared to last January. Wow. How fun was that like, during that time? Cause I, I'm someone that likes to plant and then enjoy the harvest too. Yes. What, yes. Were you, was, were, you, were you refreshing and watching the numbers? Of what we're yes. <laughs> yes. It was so fun. And you know, I was really like, I wasn't going to have a viewing party. And then I ended up connecting with a bunch of entrepreneur, other entrepreneurs that were on the show. And they were like, you'll regret it if you don't have a, oh. a viewing party. And so I ended up inviting all my friends and family. We all watched together. And it was like we were watching like a football game. Like everyone was like cheering. <laughs> and then they were like booing when the guys were mean to me. It was like so fun. And oh. it was great. It was amazing. And I, I, it was an amazing experience. The business did so well. And I also was, and I am now, at that point I was five months pregnant. Wow. So I also had this like amazing perspective of like, what's the word? Like, you know, like I think the show can be so intense and the, and the fallout or, um, 
what happens after it airs can be so intense, but I felt like, you know, just going back on touching on like finding balance, I felt super grounded because I was like five months pregnant and I was like, if the website crashes, it crashes. Like the most important thing is that like I'm healthy and this baby is healthy. And it totally gave me this feeling of, of I'm going to enjoy every minute of this and I'm not going to let it stress me out because I'm, it's like, I don't know. I had like different, my priorities had shifted. It was very cool. That's cool. Yeah. You just, you saw where it fit in your life and, and the importance and how important it was or wasn't. Yeah. Like it was super important, but it like no longer became the most important thing. And it, yeah. it took a lot of the pressure off because when you know you're going to air, it's a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. like a lot. That's so, so how old is your little one? So I'm due, I'm actually oh, doing five, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing five weeks. Oh, so. congratulations. I'm excited yeah. for you. That's yeah. and your first one. That's so cool. It's my first. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I've got a, I've got a, my daughter turns eight this month and my son turns six in July. And they, oh, wow. They are, they are just, uh, just amazing joys in my life. So I'm, I'm excited for you to have that experience. So cool. And I'm, I'm sure you must like come home from like a crazy day at work and it's like your kids run up to you and you just like. It just changes the way you like can it, it's just I think that it makes it easier to let the stress of work go. Yes, it, that is, so today my son had his at his school he had his his Easter egg hunt. And the little things are he's 5. And so I, I I left work a busy day and 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 left for a little while. My life my life my world's hectic and his is quiet. Yeah. The most important thing in this world, he just wants to sit next to me, put his arm on me and just talk. And light and a bug is cool. An Easter egg is cool. And the little things, they 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 really just know how to enjoy the the, the things that we should appreciate. And, and and sometimes we lose appreciating many a long time ago. And so having a kid for me has made me appreciate those little things again. It's and, and, and which is so cool because life's crazy. <laughs> and simple things are there's so many profound things that are simple to us now but but to a kid to get to re-explain it and share you know you know i hadn't thought about that a butterfly is pretty cool it's really cool yeah so congratulations on that thank you uh, just a couple other questions for you well i mean you've five weeks you got a little one coming but what what are what are some things that you've yet to accomplish that are kind of on your bucket list or that that you've you've got out there that you're looking at so there are some major changes that i want to make to nice pipes um I probably would start working on them now if I wasn't about to have a baby because like, you know, I, the theme of our podcast, the balance, like whenever you want to start something new with your company, you want to make sure that you can dedicate yourself wholly to it. And I just don't think that's realistic over the next three months. Mm. Um, but there are some stuff I want to do in the fall, including new variations of the pipes, maybe some new products. But the biggest thing is I want to change the model of our business to be similar to like Tom's shoes. Are you familiar with like, absolutely? The yeah. Game. Like the, yeah, the one for one, because it's just, I, for me to, for me to take, I listen, I love nice pipes and I love selling leg warmers, but I need more to yeah. feel like it's, and we do donations and we do um, support a couple different charities, but I want it. I need it to be more, especially if I'm going to be leaving my kid, you know, to do it. Yeah. And there, so that's, that's my next big thing is I want to change our model to um, be kind of like the one for one. And it will take a lot of strategy on my end and redesign of the website and all the, all that comes along with sort of sh- shifting focus. Yeah. But it's, that's so cool that you want to do that. I love that. That seems like the, the right next step. And you build a lifestyle brand, you have an opportunity to build a legacy brand. That's just, just helps so many people and impacts so many more, more than just changing their life with the, with the product itself. Right. Exactly. And yeah. then it's like yeah. you leave, you leave, 
you leave your kid at home to go to work and you can say like, okay, and I'm sure this is sort of how you feel with like this podcast and getting information out to people. Like there just needs to be more than for me than selling a product there. I need a little more than that. I I completely agree. And I I tell my team and others around me, we want to make, we're here in Northwest Arkansas. We want to make a ripple that's felt around the country. Maybe not even about our product or service, but about interacting with us or about how we can help others. And when you get to that point with your company where you're able to do that, even if you didn't start a day one and we didn't. And so we've been in that similar transformation. So that's really cool. And and the the intentionality of that is going to be really rewarding for you. Any other uh, entrepreneurial advice you want to give? There's someone out there who, a couple things I love about what you did. Lots of people can be innovative or think, uh, you know, I don't like the, the current state of my clothing or those things, but they don't always find a way to fix it. And then someone might say, I like that. And they might say, you know, that's great. I made it and then be done with it. You went on and you started making it for more people. Uh, I mean, you did, you've done really cool things. Most people don't make it on a shark tank. You're doing amazing things. What advice do you have those who've been on the fence that have, that maybe aren't completely happy in what they're doing and, and, and are looking for something that they're passionate about? I think it depends on the person. I mean, I think the best advice I could offer is to, for so, for someone who hasn't done it yet, I would say become very clear on what you want to do, what your goals are, and build like a, a step-by-step process of how you're going to get there. Um, I think creating like a linear pathway is so important for a lot of people who want to do something that they're passionate about because, so that you don't get like lost in air, mm-hmm. like lost in space. And then for people who are already doing it, it's very similar. Like figure out what your goals are, figure out what makes you happy on a day-to-day basis and, and, and create the life that's right for you. Don't, don't create a life that's just going to make you unhappy and stressed just so you can sell a lot of widgets or whatever. Yeah, that's great advice. Anything else you want to share? No, that's it. Thanks so much for having me. I, I'm so happy I could uh, be on the show with you. Honored to have you. So honored. Thank you for sharing your advice. It's it's great. So nicepipesapparel.com if you check out your product. I want to invite our listeners to do that. We we have this podcast and then this re-airs on our ESPN radio show as well. Uh, thank you so much again. We appreciate you being our guest, Lisa Bindero. And uh, we look forward to congratulations on your little one and to all your success. And we look forward to keeping an eye on the other things that you have going out there in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. This interview was designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. 